to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself We accept the love we think we deserve. Stefan Trotsky. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Andrea Smith, and today's show is about self-acceptance. First off, Be The Star You Are has recently begun our 22nd year of service. We want to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are so thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm Siri Panindra. And during the pandemic, as part of our disaster relief outreach program, Be The Star You Are showcases authors, artists, actors, and many, many other creatives who have had their performances canceled due to the pandemic. So make sure you're tuned in to both Wednesdays with writers and performers, as well as Super Smart Sundays, both broadcasting right here on the Voice America Network. Today, We have a fantastic show planned for you all about self-acceptance. In segment two, we'll meet our our guest, Laura Stegman. And in segment three, we will be having a conversation about self-acceptance. And right now, we are so excited to welcome Jack Pavlakos with his segment, Trends Without Ends. Take it away, Jack. Hello, I'm Jack Pavlakos, and I'm happy to be back today. For this episode of Trends Without Ends, I'll be discussing the topic of self-acceptance. As teens, I think it's pretty easy to stress about things such as our looks and grades, talents, and just whatever else we might wish uh, was different about ourselves. Self-acceptance really begins with self-awareness. And basically, self-awareness means that we have a pretty good understanding of our thoughts, emotions, beliefs, personal characteristics, what motivates us as individuals, and Overall, how these things affect us in our everyday life. Self-acceptance is recognizing who we are, understanding that we all have good points, but at the same time also understanding our weaknesses. 
knowing who we are as a person and being okay with it is a very important step in reaching self-acceptance. Um, you need to be able to accept yourself fully as the person that you are. But to get there, it requires accepting things that uh, we like about ourselves, for one, and also accepting the hard part, uh, which is the things that we don't like about ourselves. And self-acceptance doesn't mean we simply accept who we are and don't do anything to make changes. Because there are things within our power to change or do differently. Accepting the self of today doesn't necessarily mean losing the motivation to make changes or improvements that will make you more effective in the future. Self-acceptance is really about changing the way we look at ourselves. Uh, the power of self-acceptance lies in the fact that if you tell yourself that you're satisfactory, and embrace who you are, then you will likely be seen by others in the same way. However, the opposite can also happen. If you tell yourself that you're not satisfactory or not good enough or you're unhappy with the way you looked, you'll act accordingly and kind of project that atmosphere and others will probably see you in the same way that you see yourself. So accepting yourself doesn't necessarily mean that you have to like every single aspect of yourself. We have a lot of pressure to be perfect, but obviously perfection doesn't really exist. Nobody is perfect, and everyone has their own set of shortcomings and certain insecurities. But it mainly depends on how you deal with your insecurities without letting it affect your mental health. So one common mistake that people make all the time is comparing themselves with others. But it's important to recognize that you are your own individual, and comparing yourself to somebody else is usually just going to uh, do a lot more harm than good. It's going to be a constant drain on happiness and self-esteem. So it's better to refocus those thoughts and energy on the fact that every person is unique and has their own issues, and you should focus on your own special skills and talents and abilities in order to develop yourself in your own uh, personal confidence and self-acceptance. Staying motivated to accomplish things that are important to you is a very um, important aspect of self-acceptance. Being motivated in life tends to raise one's self-esteem as the motivation often leads to the attainment of goals. And self-acceptance allows a person to grow and reach their maximum potential in life. Non-acceptance of certain features of your personality and appearance can actually act as a mental block and will ultimately prevent self-development and growth. So overall, the most important things to realize is that Everyone's different, so it's not helpful to compare yourself to others. But at the same time, self-acceptance doesn't necessarily mean being perfectly content because you can improve yourself, but just do it within reason and set goals to improve yourself rather than um, comparing yourself to something that you could never do just because that's not um, that you, you weren't gifted in a certain way. Yes, I couldn't agree more, Jack. I think that self-acceptance is really important, especially during this time and um, being a part of this generation that's so um, involved in social media and technology. And it's so easy to compare yourself to other people. And it feels like, it almost feels like who like the people that we're seeing like what we're comparing ourselves to like we have to remember also that those aren't that isn't the real story it's just the cover and um and we have to remember that like 
to that we just need to like love ourselves and accept ourselves for who we are and that no one's perfect even like no matter what it looks like on social media no matter what that person's life how amazing it looks like on a phone screen like everyone everyone has something that they're hiding behind that like screen and no one's perfect. So I really loved your segment. And a question that I had was how can somebody have self-acceptance if they have low self-esteem and they're really struggling with like mental health? Uh, That's a great question. I think the most important thing to realize, first of all, is that, um, uh, everyone is flawed in some way or another. So understanding that um, nobody is perfect is an important step when having low self-esteem uh, because it's necessary to realize that you're not the only person who has things that they're unhappy with. Everyone has things that they're unhappy with. So I think that it's important to know that you're kind of in the same boat as everyone else and you're not alone. Um, and I think it's also really important to know that um, if you have low self-esteem and you're trying to accept yourself, it doesn't happen overnight. You can't suddenly just say uh, that you don't care about your flaws and that you're just totally fine with who you are because that doesn't usually happen overnight. Uh, I I think what I'd recommend is it, it can help to, if there's something that you aren't happy with, within reason, you can try to make improvements. Like, for example, if you're unhappy like with your body, exercise is a great way to improve your body, but within reason. That doesn't mean that you have to work out seven days a week constantly, like beating yourself up uh, to work out. But, you know, a little bit of exercise every day can help boost uh, your confidence and get you more comfortable with yourself and ultimately kind of transition into more self-accepting. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, first off, Jack, this was a really meaningful and insightful segment. So thank you. And I would just like to emphasize that self-love and self-acceptance, they're so important because they're critical aspects of our happiness, um, which is definitely something that we need to focus on during this generation, which really emphasizes social media. So that leads me to my next question. What is the intersection between self-confidence and self-acceptance? Um, well, self-confidence is more about when you trust yourself and your abilities. Um, because someone who has self-confidence will face challenges in life and take responsibility for what's happening to them because they know what they're capable of. It's not necessarily about having the answers to all of the questions that you have or succeeding in everything that you do. It's more about trusting yourself and knowing that you'll be okay no matter what. Because overall, through self-acceptance, uh, self-acceptance, self-confidence, and self-esteem are all interrelated in a sense, because if you're self-confident, then you'll be able to trust yourself more, and by doing so, you'll ultimately accept yourself more. And what would you say is like your best advice for someone in regards to self-esteem, confidence, and self-acceptance? Um, probably the best advice I would I could give is that um, I I would try to look at it from other people's perspectives, um, meaning that 
if you think to yourself, like how often when you see like random people walking, how often do you look at them and judge them for the way that they look or what they're doing? You would probably think to yourself that you pretty much never do that, um, at least hopefully. Um, so that I think that's that's something that's helped me a lot is realizing that I'm not just randomly judging people who are walking by um, just like for the way they look. So that means odds are people probably aren't really thinking about you. So I think that can help a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really good advice. And a follow-up question to Andrea's question, actually. What are some concrete steps you recommend to people who want to start embracing more self-acceptance and self-love? Um, I would say to try and worry less about pleasing other people and, and more about um, trying to do what makes you happy. Uh, and that, that means specifically, like, um, instead of comparing yourself to, like, other people's talents, you should be focusing on your own talents and your own passions and improving yourself in ways that are reasonable f that you like that you actually can improve yourself in. Because I, I think everyone is, has their own gifts and their own um, strengths. And it's a lot more it's a lot more helpful for self-acceptance to focus on your strengths instead of going out of your way to try to work on something that isn't um, your strong point and then comparing yourself to somebody else who like has that quality and that quality is their strong point because that's just unfair to yourself. Yeah, thank you so much, Jack, for your words of wisdom. And I also believe that people have low self-esteem because they look for the approval and acceptance from others. Um, and I feel that I personally and many people could improve that aspect. So thank you so much for providing your words of wisdom. And I really enjoyed our conversation today. But unfortunately, we are out of time. Uh, listeners, please show your love for more segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy Charity that brings you this program at bethestarur.org. Keep listening for more as we interview Laura Stegman in the next segment. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm so excited to welcome onto the show today Laura Stegman, who is a Los Angeles-based arts publicist and author whose middle-grade novel, Summer of Luck, will be followed by a sequel in the year of 2021. Laura's nonfiction credits include collaboration on the travel book Only in New York, her feature stories have appeared in the Los Angeles Times, Best Bays Magazine, and Christian Science Monitor, as well as the Los Angeles Magazine, among many others. A longtime publicity consultant, she owns Laura Siegel Stegman Public Relations, LLC, which has represented a wide-ranging client list of businesses, arts organizations, and nonprofit events over the years. She is a Pi Beta Kappa graduate of UCI with a bachelor's in drama. Laura loves reading L.A. Dodgers baseball, classical music, and theater. Her newest book, Summer of Luck, is a middle grade story about three kids finding their way to self-acceptance with the help of a ghost who haunts a magical carnival. We are so excited to have her on the show today. Welcome to Express Yourself, Laura. Well, thank you, Siri and Andrea. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So let's just jump right into our questions. So when did you first realize that you wanted to be a writer? And what was an early experience when you learned that language had power? Well, I don't think I really even knew I wanted to be a writer uh, when I was a kid. I wanted to be an actress. That was my career goal. And I went to college um, for that, as you mentioned in in my bio. And uh, I, but I was a huge reader as a kid. And I I think that's where I really started to understand the power of words and writing because of the you know, I, I read so many middle grade books when I was that age, you know, 11, 12, a little younger too. And I, I found that um, I, could, I could read about girls who, some of them were going through some of the same things that I was, and I felt like I wasn't alone. And uh, uh, that, that's, I think, probably where the idea was planted, because when I was much older as an adult, um, and, and this, I'm talking in the last, say, you know, period of time um, that I wrote Summer of Luck, I, I, it never occurred to me to even think about writing anything else but a middle grade novel, because I wanted to write something that would make me feel the way books, you know, did when I was a kid. Oh, that is such a beautiful story. And I personally, whenever I like read books, especially like to occupy me during quarantine, I, I feel the same way. Like whenever I read a book and 
I find a character that I can relate to and is going through the same struggles as I am. It's like, it's almost, it's, it's a very unique, it's a very powerful experience. And I feel like books can be such a mentor, like through life and like through your life experiences. And I think that is so cool that you want to give that same experience to others. And um, what made, like, what was your inspiration of Summer of Luck? One of the books that I read when I was a kid was uh, called The Diamond in the Window. It's a very old book, and um, but it's still in print today. Um, it was about two kids. It was a fantasy story about two kids who lived in an old house with their aunt and uncle, and um, they were trying to save this house from the the bank and um the 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 girl her name was eleanor she had she she was embarrassed she was very shy she was embarrassed because she had freckles and i had freckles when i was a little kid i still have them but they were very very pronounced and i just always felt really different kids made fun of me it was it was just an embarrassing thing for me but when I read in this book that she had freckles and she didn't like her freckles either, I, I really felt like that was, um, you know, it, it really meant a lot to me. And she learned through the story to accept her freckles. She learned to accept herself just as she was. She learned that, that, that to try to make herself something that wasn't, you know, who she was would lead nowhere good. So, um, when I thought about writing a, a middle grade novel, I remembered that book. And, I, and the other thing about that book is that when I was a kid and I read it, there was no internet, there was no Goodreads, you know, there were none of these things that there are today. And I thought I was the only, I used to get it out of the library. And um, I, I, I never knew anyone else who read it. And, um, but when I, when I, grew up and I was, you know, reading about, I looked it up one time and I found out that I was certainly not alone in loving that book. And there were women who wrote about that book either on their blogs or on a Goodreads review that that book meant a lot to them when they were a kid and they were, they were looking for it to, to give to their children because they wanted their children to have that same experience that I did. You know, again, you're not alone you're okay just as you are, that kind of thing. And that finding, you know, having a, a kids find their voices the way my characters in Summer of Luck do, that, that's, a, that's the story that I wanted to tell. I wanted, I was, I'm hoping, like I said, that, you know, a kid that reads Summer of Luck is going to feel the same way about my book that I felt about, about that other book. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with you. I feel that books, they provide a platform for readers to relate to others and essentially make a connection. Um, so I'm kind of curious, uh, do you mind sharing your writing process and uh, where do you get your ideas and inspiration from? Well, that's a great question, you know, and, and I would answer it in two different ways. Um, because Summer of Luck uh, was a book that I started writing early in the, in the early 2000s. And 
I didn't know anything about writing fiction. I, you know, I, as, as you mentioned, I'm a publicist. That's my career. And I do a lot of business writing as a publicist. Um, and I thought, well, yeah, I'll write a book. <laughs> and I didn't really, you know, I, I had an idea. I, I didn't, I didn't outline anything. I just kind of had this sort of overall arc of the story and I just wrote on a regular basis. And after I finished, I was like, well, this is great. You know, this is going to, some agent's going to want to represent this book and some publisher will publish it and, and I'll be all set. Cause I was so passionate about this story. This was, this was the story I was passionate about from the very beginning. These characters, I wanted, I wanted their story to be told. So I, um, you know, I found out pretty quickly that I didn't know enough about writing to write a book that was going to be picked up by a publisher. And so over the next many, many years, I, I, learned about writing. I, at first I, I just sort of tried to do it on my own, which is kind of always my way, but then I found out that it's always good to get some help. And so I worked with a development editor and that development editor helped me really expand, um, understand how to expand the story and to, um, you know, write from a certain point of view that, that was very confused in the first, um, several, you know, probably 10 iterations of the book. And I, I just, I just kept writing. And then about four or five years ago, I started connecting with other writers and I found critique partners who I could share my work with and they would share their work with me. And then I started, um, uh, participating in any opportunity I could, could have through Twitter and other, online resources to get mentored and have other people review my, my work. I'm not review it like a book review, but take a look at it and give me feedback. And, and I started reading writer's blogs and I started learning about, about the craft of fiction writing in a way that I had never really understood. And I learned by doing. So I would, I would, you know, my process was that that was my process for the first book. Uh, for Summer of Luck. And, you know, I know you mentioned that I'm having a sequel and um, I, you know, it, it took me probably 16, 17 years from start to finish for, well, from start of Summer of Luck to, to when it was published. Um, and, um, but my second book, my, my publisher which I just want to mention is intense publications and they, they really believe in this book and I'm just so grateful to them for, for being, you know, for publishing it. And when they decided that they would be publishing it, they offered me a contract for two sequels. So I started writing the second, the sequel a little over a year ago and I just finished it about a couple of weeks ago. So the second book took me, you know, a little over a year, which is a lot better than, you know, 16 or 17 years. And, and my process though was, you know, when I started writing, I didn't, I, I was a better writer at that point. And that's why it took less time. But as far as the ideas go, I mean, I had a story in both books that I, that I wanted to tell. Let, let's just keep talking about Summer of Luck. I, I don't, 
the, the joy of writing for me is to, is to have that sort of arc. Here's the overall story I want to tell, but, but I find out what's going to happen as I'm writing. It's, it's a, it's a really beautiful and joyous experience because sometimes, you know, I, I have no idea what's going to happen next and I have to stop because I, you know, I, I just can't get my way out of wherever I am, but I start again the next day and, and all of a sudden I have a new idea and who, who knew where that came from. Um, as far as Summer of Luck 2, the book I've just finished, um, I write every night, uh, and with the pandemic, it's like, I don't have a lot of plans to go out. So, you know, I, I just sit down at the computer and I, and I just write and, um, and I see, see what happens. I, I'm, you know, there are a lot of other writers who actually are much more structured than that. They will write character sketches and they will outline every chapter and, you know, whatever, whatever works. I, I think it's, it's a personal preference. I'm going to be working on the, the third sequel probably early next year. And I have no idea what it's going to be about. So I, I may do a little more planning on that book. I'm not really sure. So it's it's just different depending on the situation. But I tend to to be uh, what they call a, a pantser. You know, you write by the seat of your pants as opposed to a, a planner. So um, yeah, I mean that's the uh, the joy for me of writing is just kind of writing and and seeing what comes out. Sometimes I look at what I've written and I'm like. Who thought of that? (laughs) It's kind of a fun experience. Yeah, I love how spontaneous you are. And I love that method of writing that you just you just let it flow and you just let your ideas flow. And um, and each day you think of something new and you just go along with it. And I think that in itself is such a fun adventure to go on. And I was curious like in your like book summer of luck uh when you were writing the story and the characters what character do you find yourself in any of the characters or is there like one character that you really relate to darby is the the darby who is the the 11 year old girl in the story who stutters and has a very critical parent um, and, and really struggles with, um, her, her, you know, she, she thinks that she has to change to be okay. And that is a story that I completely relate to so very deeply. Um, I don't stutter and I never have, but I had had other things when I was a kid, you know, not just the freckles. I mean, but just, there was a lot of things about, myself that I, I always felt different from other people. I felt criticized a lot. I was afraid to be myself because I thought, you know, I would be, I would be, uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that happen with kids that, that are challenging and, and every, you know, I'm sure it's, it's a very common thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not alone by any means, but but uh, the um, uh, the fact is that that Darby, the way that Darby went through her arc of her story, where 
by the end of the book, she learns that she's okay, whether she stutters or not. That was an arc that, that came to me, um, you know, over, over my whole life, certainly not when I was 11, but that was the story that, that was a character that I related to the most. Oh, that's, that's truly so meaningful how you put your life's experiences into the book for other people to enjoy. And first off, I kind of wanted to mention that I really admire your perseverance. And I believe that it's really important to not let any rejections stop us from doing what we love. So congrats on your sequels. And it's absolutely so amazing. Um, Thank you. Yeah, of course. So that leads me to my question. Can you tell the readers and listeners more about the plot of Summer of Luck and how your own journey is woven into Summer of Luck when it comes into self-acceptance? Yes, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be delighted to. So um, as you mentioned, this is a uh, uh, it's a fantasy story, So, um, but it's set in the real world and it's about these three kids. We have Darby, who is 11 and, and she stutters. We have um, Naz, who's 10, and he speaks French and Arabic, uh, but he and his mother just moved to the United States from Morocco and he is just learning English. And Justin, who's 12, uh, his father passed away before the story starts, and he, his grief consumed him, and he just kind of stopped talking. So all three of them have these communication problems. Um, and when they, they all end up at the same summer camp, and when uh, they meet, they hear this very strange music, like a calliope from a carousel. And all of a sudden, they can hear each other's thoughts, which, of course, is perfect for kids who have trouble with communication. And they bond and they they connect and they want to find out where is this music coming from? Why, why is this happening? So they sneak away from camp to a, a warehouse on the property next door to their camp. And it's all dark. They, they sneak in and it's all, it's a big warehouse, a big orange warehouse. And they sneak in and it's all dark and quiet. And then it, you know, suddenly it turns into this magical carnival and um, with lights and rides and cotton candy and all kinds of stuff. And they meet Leroy Usher, Carnival King. And his initials are what the summer, you know, the word luck in the title that has uh, periods between it. That's what luck stands for. Leroy Usher, Carnival King. And he has, is, is a ghost. He's not, he, he's, he's, he can't uh, rest because his kids, his family is estranged. So he, they meet him and he asks them for his, for their help in reconciling his adult children. And in return, he offers to help them find their voices. And uh, he takes them on a series of rides and adventures where they learn to do just that. And that is the story of Summer of Luck. Wow, I absolutely love the story. It was so interesting and um looking back like in your experience of publishing and writing the book and like the long process do you think it's 
important to be part of a group of riders like to is it more of a team effort like in that journey or would you say it's more like individualistic or what is your take on that I think having other writers review my work has been invaluable for me I um I have two critique partners that I've worked well one I've worked with on the second book but but for the first book I had um I had two also and um they would point out to me things that I I couldn't see because I was the writer and they would say well you know when you wrote it th- when you wrote this happen you didn't uh this is how I interpreted it. And I was like, really? And I would, at first I would like, oh my gosh, well, let me explain. But then it was like, no, 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 no. I don't need to explain. The point is if that was their take on it, that's, you know, that's very likely what a, what another reader is going to think. So I need to clarify that. I need to make it clear. I'm trying to think of an example from summer of luck. It's not coming to mind immediately, but, um, you know, it's, it's so important to, to have that kind of input. Someone who's a writer themselves and, and my critique partners weren't published writers, you know, when, when we were working together at the time. Um, so it wasn't, it's not like you have to be, you know, a published writer, but, but I, I like working one-on-one with people like that. I, I haven't been part of a writer's group. I've always thought about doing that. And it might be something that, that I might, I might enjoy. I, I would say that my biggest message is, um, you know, I never gave up. I, Summer of Luck was my, the, the book of my heart. It is the book of my heart. And I'm so proud that, um, you know, that it finally is published and I never gave up. So anyway, that's, that's my message. Yeah, thanks for your insight. And I have a sister who's in sixth grade, and I was wondering if you can share some of your favorite middle grade books. One of my more recent middle grade favorite books is called The Miraculous by Jess Redman. And it's about a a kid who, who had a tragedy in his family, and he learns to he stops believing in in anything good and he learns to believe in miracles um through the course of this book i love that book another one is wonder from a few years back by rj palacios about a, a young young boy who has a facial deformity and he has always been homeschooled but he goes into a a regular school and meets other kids and learns again how to accept himself and make friends and you know those are the kinds of stories that I love yeah thank you so much I'll definitely let her know she'll be really happy (laughs) so (laughs) since we're almost wrapping up our segment I have like one last question for you Laura what do you think makes a good story and what advice do you have for aspiring writers I um, think what makes a good story is a relatable characters. Um, when I start reading a book, if I if I'm not grabbed pretty quickly by the characters and um, 
the possibilities of the story, I'll probably won't continue reading for very long. So I, I and 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 it was really telling the story of Darby and Naz and Justin that kept me going, that kept me writing, that kept me in the face of rejection over and over again, that kept me believing in this, in this book and that it, it needed to be, it was a story that needed to be told. So that, that was the first part of the question. And, and I'm sorry, I think you, you asked me, you know, what, what advice would I give? So I, I would say, you know, just keep believing and never give up and, and keep learning your craft and keep getting better at writing and read a lot. Just continue to read, whether it's, you know, if you're a kid, you know, read, read as many middle grade books as you can. And if you like other, you know, grown up books too, those are, you get, there's a lot to be learned by reading. Oh, that's, that's perfect, Laura. Thank you so much um, for your answer as well as for coming on the show today. I truly enjoyed our conversation and wish it could go on forever. Um, <laughs> me too, but thank me you. too. Yeah, of course. And thank you uh, for sharing about your creative process. That was definitely really interesting. Uh, listeners, please make sure you check out Laura Stegman's website, which is laurastegman.com as well as her social media platforms, including Twitter at Laura Stegman, Instagram at Laura underscore Stegman, and her Facebook at Laura Siegel Stegman Author. Thank you again, Laura, for coming on the show today. Well, it's been my pleasure. I'm just, it's just been delightful. Thank you. Yes, I want to reiterate what Siri said. Like, it was so fascinating, like, talking to you today. Um, I learned so much, and listeners you can learn more about summer of luck on goodreads please show your love for more segments by donating to the btsya 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at be the star you are keep listening as siri and i have a conversation about self-acceptance in the next segment Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're 
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. This hour is all about self-acceptance. During this segment, Siri and I will be having a conversation about self-acceptance, which is so, so, so important to discuss, especially during like everything that's going on right now in the world. And I want to start off with talking about like my experience now as a senior in high school and what I've witnessed and experienced through the past few years. Um, and I think that like to start off with our generation especially has a very like we all have this sense that we need to be perfect. Like whenever, like our days start off on our phone, it ends on our phone. Um, especially now in the virtual setting, like we're like on our phones, on tech, like computers all day, we're being bombarded by all this information. We're seeing like people on social media, like models, um, our friends, and we get this sense that everybody's living this perfect life and that everybody is perfect and that you feel like I'm not good enough, that I don't, that my life isn't as good as theirs, like uh, my flaws, like they don't have it. It seems like they don't have any flaws and I'm struggling with this and that. And I think that it's so important to like remind ourselves that um that this is so far from the truth and that every single person like listening that you're just you're worth your value and you're worth so much and the quote that like we talked about today like in the beginning that we accept the love we think we deserve like i really i read that in a book once and i found it so powerful and it's also like saddening that I feel like nowadays people like with your self-worth and like the degrading of your self-esteem you feel that you're not worthy of love or you're not worthy of this or that and I think that it's so sad that what's happening and I feel like we need to remind ourselves that we just need to accept ourselves and love ourselves for who we are. And Siri, I wanted to ask you, like, what is your take on that? First of all, Andrea, I love what you said. I truly believe that every person in this world has value. And, you know, we, I feel like teens these days, they are too dependent on social media. And, you know, we get happiness just based on the number of likes we get on a social media platform or you know we look for approval and acceptance from others but in reality our value is not determined by any external source um, my philosophy kind of is that the life source within us has this profound value and it's a value that cannot be determined by any external source 
and others' opinions and praise, they, they just don't matter. They do not determine who we are or, you know, our value. And I kind of want to do bring up forgiveness. Um, I feel like that plays a huge role when it comes to self-acceptance and, you know, forgiving others as well as yourself makes it easier to accept yourself and accept your flaws. And we just have to be more empathetic and more compassionate to others as well as ourselves. And I just, I'm so happy that the theme of today's show is self-acceptance because it's something that I truly believe in. And we just have to find happiness within ourselves. Yes, I completely agree. And I love how you brought up the point of forgiveness and um, forgiving yourself and forgiving others. And I think that is so important, especially like right now, I think it's the perfect time to just really like forgive and just let go. Um, And like I read a quote once that was like, it said that I'm forgiving you for myself. And like, I feel like that is so important to just like, I feel like forgiveness is such a huge step for self-love because you're finally like letting things go. And, um, and just like what you were saying, being empathetic towards others, like how, just really remembering that everybody is going through hardships and struggles that like no one's perfect. And, um, no matter what it seems like on, like on Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok, like whatever it is, um, no matter what it seems like just on the surface, there's something so much more beneath that. And I think that, during this quarantine, I think that's a really powerful way that we can all unite together is really showing um, love and empathy towards others and admitting that we aren't perfect, but we accept ourselves for who we are. Yes, Andrea, I completely agree with you. And I feel like it's a goal that can never be achieved, you know, being perfect in this imperfect world. We should just love our flaws and love ourselves for who we are. Um, and I kind of wanted to bring up this Harvard study that I read a couple of days ago. And it said that the lack of self-acceptance, it actually has profound effects on our physical and psychological health. And that it's very important to be self-transcendent. That's the word that they used. Um, and basically what that means is that you have to rely less on things outside of yourself to define you. And one of the techniques that Harvard brought up was meditation, which I definitely recommend. It's just a way for you to let go and to kind of forget about this outside world, which is very artificial because of, you know, Instagram and social media. And it's just so important to accept yourself for who you are. And self-love, self-acceptance, they're truly critical aspects of our health and happiness. And I feel like we have done, we have had a lot of progress. Um, So if you know Barbie dolls, uh, they created this campaign and they decided decided to manufacture dolls of all different sizes. And I absolutely love that because it's teaching younger kids to just love who they are, to love their hair texture, to love their body size. And, you know, also in movies, 
we see that there's a lot of diversity in the casting. So I feel like, you know, the world has made a lot of progress on self-love and self-acceptance, but we can definitely, you know, work on it by being more forgiving to others as well as just, you know, valuing ourselves for who we are. Yes, I completely agree. And I love how you mentioned um, meditating as a way to show self-love. I also, like in the previous, like, in the previous like shows that we've had, we talked a lot about journaling and I think journaling and meditation and like painting or yoga, whatever it is. um, I think that it's definitely a way to like love yourself. And when you love yourself, then you begin to accept like all sides of yourself. And, um, I think that it's really important, especially like now, since we all have so much time, like being at home, um, it's really important, like through studying and finals or whatever stress you're going through. I think it's really important to remember to set time out of your day to allow yourself to, um, just do the things that you love and that way you can like accept yourself for who you are. Yes, definitely. I would like to echo that by saying one last thing before we wrap it up. Um, So a couple of days ago, I attended my computer science professor's last lecture of the semester. And the last thing he said was something that really touched my heart. So he shared a story that his mother pulled him aside on the day of his wedding. And uh, the mother said to him, two words, or three words, (laughs) do not compare yourself with others. And that touched me so much because, you know, we constantly compare ourselves to others, and especially through social media. But in reality, social media is not an accurate representation of how people truly are. And we just have to be happy and content with ourselves. And, you know, I feel that's the message of self-acceptance is to forgive and to not compare ourselves. So unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show, but I had a really fun conversation with you, Andrea. And listeners, thanks for listening to Super Smart Sundays here on Express Yourself. Please support Be The Star You Are and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs at bethestaryouare.org. And please consider a donation during these holidays. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens and the world listens. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Accept yourself and spread self-love. And always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. 
Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines. If you